When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everybody. It is Trags, and this week on Red Sox Beat, I welcome back old friend Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. You can follow him on Twitter at real alex barth all one word a lot to catch up on this week alex with regard to the home nine of the boston red sox they seem to have righted their ship a little bit uh, winning uh, four of their last six games but the game they lost sunday in cleveland long rain delay and everything uh, was a killer to me and really kind of sums up what's been troubling with the red sox this season in 2021 every time they seem to get something going their bullpen collapses. And on Sunday, it was seven runs in the final three innings, and they lose one, a game they really had no business losing by a final score of seven to five. Yeah, and surprise, surprise, it was the two deadline bums that blew it. And I think I talked to you about this last time I was on the show. They didn't need to go out, you know, and get, just trying to think of great closers off the top of my mind. These are going to be two random polls. They didn't need to go out Craig and get, Kimbrell. you know, pr- primary Gagne. All right. That's a much more relatable one. They didn't need to go out and get Craig Kimbrell and Jonathan Papelbon, right? right? They just needed good pitching and they got and not even good. They just needed okay pitching. Just, just guys who could get into the back of the bullpen. And they went out and they got two guys with an ERA over five. And the, I'm sure the analytics nerds will have some stat for me about, Will the fielding independent on a Tuesday do it? No, <laughs> I love no, they, angry they Alex. I really they do. They suck. Okay, they suck, and we've seen them We're suck. They trying, suck on Sunday. We are trying to project a little bit of rational, calculated calm here, and that's that's political fine. calm in. <laughs> the flurry of what has been not a good month and a half for the Red Sox, especially so, for the front office as a team that was one of the very best in baseball, best in the American league for the first three months of the year has really fallen on hard times. And a lot of people, and I know you feel this way, feel it's simply because they are way too obsessed with the future, the future, the future, uh, instead of focusing on the now when they have a chance uh, at least to get to the World Series. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I don't necessarily know. Well, the, the relievers I don't think are good. What they did with the relievers, I'll give you the, the actual, like not me being a, a fanboy take on it, is I think we knew from the beginning all of these relievers, with the exception of Adam Ottavino, were probably playing above, like one spot above their slot, right? Matt yep. Barnes looked like an all-star closer. He's probably in reality a setup man. 
Adovino was a setup man. He was playing like that. You had seventh inning guys pitching like eighth inning guys, sixth inning guys pitching like seventh inning guys. And I think you knew that this was going to catch up to them eventually. And you kind of hoped that they would add somebody who would reshuffle everything and get everybody back in their spot. Instead, they added two relievers that fit in, assuming everybody continued to perform the way they were performing for the rest of the season, which was never realistic. And yeah, that goes to your point where I, you know, with Kyle Schwarber was not a bad trade. He's played well. I just don't know that he was the right trade. I don't know that it made sense. Does Kyle Schwarber make them a better baseball team? Well, when you have it an gives them another mess, bat, it does give them another bat. But when you have an absolute mess defensively over at first base, that is costing them games. The situation defensively at first base is costing them games. Right. Kyle Schwarber doesn't help with that. And that frankly was a more pressing issue. CJ Crone from Colorado. I keep going back to this name. You could have had Crone for less than he got Schwarber for. He, his offensive numbers are comparable. He's actually been on a tear since the deadline. And, oh, hey, he actually knows how to play first base. So, you know, I they wanted Schwarber because he has the extra year control. That's what it feels like to me. And we keep hearing from Bloom. They wouldn't move guys. They didn't need to move all their top prospects to get Jose Barrios. I'm not saying they needed to do that. But this, you know, future, future, future. We weren't going to do anything because of the future. On, on one hand, I like that. That was part of what, what part of what I liked about Bloom. This team's had trouble kind of keeping franchise cornerstones in place. It feels like it's really been a revolving door. And yeah, professional sports is a business, but you want to try to keep a couple players around for some, you know, organizational, institutional culture. They haven't been able to do that. That being said, you know, there has to be some sort of happy medium between Dave Dombrowski, trade everybody under the age of 25, and High and Bloom, we're not even going to consider the fact that we could contend this year. Because even if you have all these great prospects, and I do think I do like the Red Sox farm system right now, especially where it was a year, year and a half ago, you know, you don't know when you're going to get back here. You don't know those prospects are going to hit. Xander Bogarts has an opt out in his contract. J.D. Martinez is aging right before our eyes. The pitching staff is, you know, kind of inconsistent or, or was not reliable necessarily at the deadline. I think you have to look at that and say, all right. We need to make a bit of a sacrifice here to, to, to see what we can do with this group. Cause again, you don't know when you'll be back there. So, you know, that's, you see the game like yesterday, uh, not, not all the Ramirez. That's who they de- dealt Hansel Robles, Austin Davis imploding. And it's like, man, Daniel Hudson, former nationals closer. He got traded. I think he's in San Diego now. I can't remember exactly where he got dealt, but he got traded for nothing, almost right. nothing. And that's a guy who really, they needed Daniel Hudson. They needed another eighth or ninth inning swing guy. I don't know that Barnes was going to stay locked in as the closer, but I think between Hudson, Ottavino, and Barnes, you'd be able to ride one of those guys. I really think instead look- they go out and get Austin Davis. I think they're looking to turn over the roster. I think that's why they did that, why they approached the trade deadline the way they did. J.D. Martinez did have a big three-run homer on Saturday in their 5-3 to three win. Needed that. Yeah, they, he needed yeah. that badly. He's been slumping. I think a lot of people, his, his uh, struggles have been well-documented uh, in the last month or so of the season. He just has not been able to hit with runners uh, in scoring position. Uh, but I want to turn to Tanner Houck because I think if there's one thing that gives Red Sox fans hope for the future, it's watching Tanner Houck's slider literally fall off the table. It, it was unbelievable on Sunday. He had uh, six innings, I believe it was, of no-hit baseball uh, before it was ended, uh, five innings of no-hit baseball uh, before it was ended in the sixth inning. He just looks uh, like the real deal. 
Yeah, he does. And and that's one guy, you know, kind of to contradict what I just said. That's one guy I'm really glad they didn't deal with the deadline. There were some people talking about the possibility that he could be moved. And no way. I think they made the right. That was never yeah, going to happen. They, they made well, people are saying like Barrios. No, they made the right move holding on to him. I think he is the potential to be, if not an ace, it's a solid top two starter for sure. Uh, there's obviously there's concerns about the way he throws the ball being so similar to Chris sale. And we saw what happened to sales elbow, but yeah, I, you know, they, I remember the last year of Dombrowski when they tried to turn him into a reliever to shore up that bullpen in 2019 and it didn't work for him. And I remember being so upset because they've ruined starting pitcher after starting pitcher after starting pitcher like that. And so to see him be able to kind of turn it around, get back in the starting rotation, it's nice to see because you, do you know who the last three starting pitchers were who were drafted by the Red Sox, developed in their farm system, and became all-stars for the Red Sox? Is one of them Roger Clemens? One of them is Roger Clemens. It's John Lester, Clay Buckholz, and you go back to Roger Clemens. That's, that's three since yeah. 1986. That's not Throughout great. the time. This team had some homegrown pitching talent and Tanner Houck looks like the real deal. So it's, it's, it's great to see him not just here, but performing too, right? Like I still really that. like Jaron Duran. I, I think he's going to be a good player, but he's not quite there yet. How yeah. I think is there. I think he's a top two guy next year in the rotation Part of that though. What you just mentioned, the three homegrown pitchers uh, since 1986, Part of that is simply the result of the Red Sox trying to win at all costs. And I think so many trades over the years have been well-documented. And I think that dynamic obviously changed, I think, not just in 04, but 07. They, you know, they've won four times now. And I think, you know, part of the charge from ownership all season long has been to Heim Bloom. Let's try something different. Let's not trade away all of our top prospects. Let's build up a pool of young talent that we're not paying luxury tax to keep around. And uh, let's see if we can build a deeper, stronger roster. A lot of fans don't want to hear that. A lot of people like yourself don't want to hear that, but I think that's, you know, the direction, at least for the time being for the next three to five years, that's the direction I think ideally they'd like to go. Yeah, I mean, I don't entirely hate that. I think part of it with Hauk, too, is, and this isn't going all the way back to 86, but maybe since, like, 2010, I, I think they rushed a lot of guys up, and that screwed with their development. They didn't rush Hauk. I think that outside of that one speed bump where they try to turn him to a reliever, I think they are patient with him. I think that they just had the development process down for him, and I think that's important, too. But, yeah, you know, like I said before, I don't hate the idea of, of some franchise cornerstones, right? You look at Xander Bogarts right now, but – I mean, you, you had guys like Dustin Pedroia, who was here for a long time, right, and became kind of a cornerstone of the organization. Um, you know, you, you had starting pitch. Like, Erod's their longest tenured starting pitcher right now. Doesn't He's been here for five years, but it doesn't, you know, you'd like to have some more organizational stability. And and I'm all for that. And Red Sox fans should be all for that. I The whole first place, last place, first place, last place thing is frankly annoying. And... Yeah, a sustainable roster would be cool, and 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 I think that there are ways to do that, and I think that High and Bloom is the right guy for that. It's just a matter of kind of knowing when to kind of put that to the side. You don't have to totally blow it up. Again, I'm just looking for a happy medium between Dave Dombrowski and High and Bloom, the two ultimate extremes. But I, yeah, no, I I really don't have a problem with the idea that they're gonna work with some of their own homegrown talent now because those guys tend to stay longer because they're cheaper. 
And this team needs some cornerstones. There needs the Red Sox too, just for the sake of, of baseball in the market, need some recognizable faces. I don't know how many players on this team, although they might be good, like how many casual Red Sox fans would recognize Hunter Renfro if they saw him out on the street, right? Would recognize less than 50%. Right, exactly. And and Hunter Renfro is a good player, but just yes, getting, you know, you know, getting some familiar faces back in the ballpark, guys who are here and, and build a reputation with the team and the city and the fans. I, I think that's very important too. I would agree with that, Alex. Speaking with Alex Barth of 98.5, the sports hub in Boston, covering all things Boston sports. You can follow him on Twitter, at RealAlexBarth. That is all one word. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your numero uno spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all of the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Back with Alex Barth of 98.5, the Sports Hub. Uh, Alex, let's talk about the top two pictures in the Red Sox rotation. They really do have a one-two punch now with the return of Chris Sale and Nathan Avaldi. He is, you know, Avaldi obviously has been the ace uh, before Sale returned all season long. And you could even say with Tanner Houck pitching the way he did on Sunday, you got a good one-two-three. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree with that, and I think. I'm I'm still holding out hope for Eduardo Rodriguez too. I'm really a big fan of his and I think he can turn around a little bit, but yeah, the starting rotation is starting to stabilize and that that's going to go a long way. But the question now they're pitching better, but how deep can they get into games? Cause we're seeing, right. You know, like you look at yesterday, right. Totally. Where how would he, I think he threw point. five and a third. Yeah. Five and a third. So just the way this bullpen's performing right now. And Chris Sale's an exception to this. Cause you got to make sure he stays healthy and, if he can only throw five innings, he can only throw five innings. That's just the reality of it. But yeah, you, you, you kind of look now, all right, things are getting better in the short term, but you need to start getting six, seven innings out of some of these guys. I know it's late in the season. I know nobody threw a ton last year because of the shortened season, but even just for the next week or two, and there's some really big games coming up, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yes. You need to try to shield that bullpen a little bit. You need to try to bury that bullpen a little bit. You, you need these guys going in, into the seventh inning to just kind of limit the damage that bullpen can do. But yeah, no, they're pitching better, and that's certainly encouraging. But now I'm looking at, you know, and sometimes it's the way you do it. Sometimes when a guy's slumping, you pull him out before you probably realistically should because it's, hey, you had five good innings. We're going to give you those five good innings. We're going to let you sit on that, think about that for the next five days, and you don't leave him in there long enough to blow up. I actually think that's a good approach to pitchers who are struggling. And it seems like that's what the Red Sox did right now. But it's, now it's time to take those reins off. Now it's time to let these guys get deeper into games because the bullpen just doesn't have it. Beginning August 7th, Nathan Avaldi, that would be four starts, and Chris Sales, three starts. The two of those pictures, Alex, have combined to post a 2.03 ERA with 51 strikeouts and only 
five walks. Yep. Uh, in his last four starts, Evaldi has a 1.85 ER, ERA with 30 strikeouts and only two free passes since the start of 2020. Nathan Evaldi owns MLB's lowest walk rate. I didn't know this until the notes came out on Sunday at 4% minimum 150 innings pitched. To me, uh, when you're doing things like that, you are able to save a bullpen. Yeah, and that's going to get, you know, nothing kills a pitch count like walks. Obviously, it's four pitches, you know, four misses, and you rarely see four pitch walks anymore. So that, you know, that's certainly encouraging. And he's a guy who we've seen. I mean, we all remember that World Series game. His, his arms made a Teflon. He'll go and go and go and go. So if he can continue to be efficient, yeah, he's a guy you look at where, all right, maybe that's a day you don't need the bullpen as much. I think Nick Pavetta, too, although he hasn't been as good as a guy that can kind of get you deep into games. Um, but with Devaldi, I'd say he's a guy that's been streaky as long as he's been here. You know, sometimes he's off and he looks like a middle of the rotation guy, but you'll get these month, month and a half long stretches where when he's on, he's on. And he seems to be in one of those right now. Like you just said, the numbers kind of dictate that and they need to ride that and they need to get him run support in these games. Cause those are games that they just can't lose right now. You talked about the uh, schedule. We'll wrap it up here, Alex, uh, talking about what they have coming up in the next week and a half. They have a four game road trip uh, to Tampa Bay actually, you know, uh, wraps up a seven game road trip, but four game series at Tampa Bay. Um, they're eight games behind Tampa and barring them sweeping all four games. They're not going to reach. Uh, they're not going to catch Tampa. You agree with that? Not necessarily, because I think Tampa is in some ways what the Red Sox were early in the season. They're playing so above and beyond their talent level, especially you got to remember, they don't have glass now anymore, right? right? He's out for the year. He's their best pitcher. So, you know, would I put, games put a month's a lot, rent? Alex. Would, look, would I put a month's rent on them catching the Rays? No. Would I totally rule it out? Also, no. They got, what is it? Seven in the seven against them in the next week and a half. Yep even if they take five of those, right. Then you get that back to three games, right. Your deficits, three games. That's one series. That's one time the Rays get swept. You sweep somebody, no. boom, you're right there. So you said five of them. They take five of those seven. That, right. puts them that, three that games would back, be, right? yeah, no, that they would be, they're eight games back now of Tampa. Yeah. So you would gain three games. You'd be five games back. Five. All right. Yeah. That's why I don't, tr I try not to do math on the air. But, oh God. Alex. Um, I like, I, I no, I, I wouldn't totally rule it out. Cause again, I think the Rays are playing well above their talent level. I think they're a team that can come crashing back down to earth at a moment's notice. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but I'm not totally sold on that team. So I, and I think that there's one, no, there's no more series against the race. That's it. But um, yeah, I'm not totally sold. The Red Sox are out of it. I, I don't think it's likely, but I'm not totally sold they're out of it either. They, that being said, they have to show up this week. They have to show up. If they don't take at least three or four in this first series, then, it, then it's over. I would agree with that. Um, look, if you're looking at the schedule, and I think it's really important to do that, they yeah. have the four games with Tampa Bay on the road. Then they come home for three with Cleveland, a Cleveland team that is pretty much mailed it in, regardless Done. of what yeah. you saw on Sunday. They are not the same team. They don't have Terry Francona anymore. Obviously, he's uh, away from the team because of medical issues. Then they have the three against Tampa Bay at Fen Fenway Park. Then they have three in Chicago against the White Sox, three on the road at Seattle, which is a weird 
kind of road trip to me three in Chicago, then they have to go further across yeah. the country, the West coast, then they have a day off. Then they come home for the, um, uh, single a Orioles and they have three games at Fenway. <laughs> they obviously need to win all three of those games. They have yes. two home games against the Mets, three home games against the Yankees, then three more against Baltimore and three against Washington. Those final six games on the road, the schedule shapes up very favorably if they can get uh, through the Seattle series with their head above water. Yeah, I, I, I like Chicago. I actually think Chicago is a good team and I really like Seattle. They're kind of my sleeper team right now. And they've obviously been hot here the last couple of weeks five and five in their last 10, but they had, I think they've won like six of eight at one point. Um, yeah, you're right. Because the Orioles are the Orioles. The Mets are imploding right before our eyes. That's quite the situation. Um, and then that Yankee series could be huge. The Yankee series could potentially be, and we probably won't know at the time, but retrospective, uh, retroactively could be for, for home field, potentially in the wild card game. But you're right. You know, if they, again, if they can get five of seven from Tampa, if they can get five of seven and then they take care of business the rest of the way, which I don't think is unrealistic, you know, maybe you lose one of those series, Seattle or Chicago, you win the rest of those series. You take at least two or three from the rest of those series. They should be right in the ballpark. They should be right there. And they're going to need help from the Rays. They can't do it on their own, obviously. But again, I'm not totally rooting them, ruling them out. I'm looking at the race schedule here. They got Detroit like 10 times, so they might not get that help. How you been otherwise, Alex? I've been good. I've been good. Uh, enjoying, you know, every last year, it was great to cover sports again, but it was also kind of this, everything was still wrapped in wrapped up in sports or back. It didn't quite feel normal. It feels right. real normal now. It's nice. So, well, I mean, and it's going to be nice to get to the baseball postseason uh, after a yes. 162 game season and then see Without how 16 teams in that nonsense. Yeah, I mean, that was just too much. I understand what they did. I actually thought baseball yeah. did a pretty good job of getting uh, getting to the bubble. Uh, they allowed the teams that made the playoffs uh, a couple of home games. Uh, then they, in the second round, got to the bubble. You know, the Dodgers got their first World Series title since 1988. But this year will definitely feel more like it's normal. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's and, and the crowds being back too. I mean, you start watching sporting events now, college football, that Nebraska Illinois game over the weekend. <laughs> I mean, it just felt that was a great game, by the way. It just felt Scott Frost, way more, way I, more real. I, I know he's a former uh, quarterback at, at Nebraska, but Scott Frost has his hands full. I, you know, already the guy, the fans in Nebraska are calling for his head. It doesn't help when your quarterback can't hold on to the football. I'll no, give him that. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not a football podcast, but I can talk anything with you, Alex. That's the thing. All right. Absolutely. There are Patriots fans listening to this. Your starting quarterback on opening day is Cam Newton. Right. All right. I'll buy that. I, I, I just think there's value in letting Mac Jones kind of see how the sausage is made behind the scenes for, for four or five weeks before you put him out there and have him do it himself. Right. People don't realize it's not just you show up on Sunday and you play. There's a whole process, an active process for the quarterback behind the scenes. And it's different than college. So, you know, as good as, as Mac has looked and he's looked good. Uh, Cam's Cam's looked good enough. I think they can, they can keep their heads above water with Cam. And I, I think it's valuable. The three best quarterbacks in football last year tracks, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. They started a combined one game as rookies. That was Mahomes in a meaningless week 17 game. 
And those three guys turned out okay. It's not the worst thing in the world having Mac Jones wait a little bit. I would agree with that. Well, I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. Thank our terrific guest, Alex Barth of 98.5, the sports hub in Boston, covering all things Boston sports. You can follow him on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. That is all one word. I also want to thank our great sponsor, as always, BetOnline.ag. For Alex Barth, I'm Mike Petralia, and this has been the Red Sox Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media.